The text for the sermon this day is taken from Luke chapter 3, specifically these words. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the text. Grace to you and mercy from God our Father, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm a person that loves Christmas movies. I love Christmas specials. Most of my nights this last month has been spent watching Christmas movies and various Christmas specials. And so last night I was watching the Christmas special that, was, that I watched first was introduced to as a kid. Because I was a fan of the show Garfield and Friends, I watched a Garfield Christmas special. Well, there's a scene in that special, which you don't really have to know much about Garfield... But just this one little scene I want to pay attention to. And to just give the scene is the family is singing some music. And it's got some nice backdrop. And the grandmother has Garfield, who's an orange cat, sitting on her lap. And she says, she's just whispering to him, talking to Garfield. Like you talk to a cat. And so she says... Grandpa was a proud man, a strong man. He was a good provider. We never had much money, but we always had plenty of food on the table. And he always made something special for me and each of the children at Christmas. Men like him didn't feel like they could show much affection outwardly to the children. But on Christmas... It was okay. He always pretended not to be excited on Christmas morning, but his eyes gave him away. I think, <clears throat> I think it was his favorite day of the year. Sometimes I wake up in the night and I can still feel his strong arms around me. This is the night I miss him the most. How many of you can relate to that? That Christmas is the night that you most miss someone. I know last year around this time was the last time that I celebrated a Christmas with my grandmother. It's so amazing. <clears throat> At 38 years old, this is the first Christmas I will have not celebrated with either, with any of my grandparents. It doesn't feel quite the same. Those many Christmases that I took that we took that drive from Ankeny up to northern Minnesota and we spent it with my grandparents. It just doesn't feel the same. The season of Christmas is a season where so many of us find ourselves missing someone there's someone who's not in that chair or that spot They're, they have a part maybe they led with the prayer or they did something or another that that was their thing but they're not there 
whether they passed yesterday or t- ten years ago, you still miss their presence. COVID-19 has made this year's Christmas celebrations very different. We're not celebrating with the people that we'd like. We're not celebrating them with the family and friends that we like because we're so we're all we're hesitant to travel or they are hesitant to travel for many and various reasons we are not seeing each other as much as we normally would in Christmas. But the reality is is that for you, for some of you, this is unusual. For many, it is the norm that Christmas is a time of pain, grief, and sorrow. It's for this reason that the <clears throat> that some churches have taken up the practice of celebrating what is known as a blue Christmas. To remember those who Christ, for whom Christmas isn't so joyous. People who live out in the streets who are homeless. The pe- maybe somebody just people who are divorced for the first time. And so the the kids have to go to mom's house on Christmas and then dad's house or mom's grandparents, mom's parents' house or mom's side's grandparents and then dad's side's grandparents. And maybe you even have um, step parents. And so you have three sides of families or four sides of family that you're celebrating with. And you're kind of, you as kids, kids are being put, thrown back and forth. And inevitably there's going to be one of them that's not with the kids. Maybe last year it was the mother's turn to have the kids on Christmas Eve. And and so you're going to be, and so the father is without the kids, or vice versa. There are those who, for whom Christmas Eve just means that somebody in their house is going to get drunk. For some, Christmas Eve is just a night that they're, that they're abused. For some, Christmas is the time just to get through. I mean, how, I mean, I think of the, again, to invoke another Christmas theme, the Christmas movie Elf. I just remember this one little line, and this the, main, the, the girl that he has an interest in just makes this one little line when you first meet her, and she says, I'm just trying to get through Christmas. How many of us could say that? We're just trying to make it through Christmas. I can tell you that I do. And I'm not saying that I think that sometimes because we're busy during Christmas. Honestly, that's the easy part. I mean, it's tiring, it's exhausting, but it's joyous. It is joyous to be able to express the good news of the birth of Jesus the reality that a Savior has come into the world, that God came in human flesh. It is a joy to have the privilege to preach that every year. And tomorrow we're going to get into four times to share that gospel from Luke chapter 2. And then again on Sunday morning, on Friday morning. It's a joy. But the thing is, is, you know, my family is two and a half hours away. My closest friends are in the same place. So my 
typical Christmas, whether it was COVID or not, is I put on that effort and I, and I'm great. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do so. And I put all the, I want this to be a special Christmas for you. But when I come home, I come to an empty apartment or an empty parsonage house when I was up in Ochiden. And I sit there, watch my movies, whatever, alone. For many people are like that. They have grown accustomed to not having anyone at Christmas. They know the norm is to be with family and friends and to have this wonderful time. But for many, it's not the norm. It is the rarity, if ever. So it's a day of sorrow and grief. And we can't forget our soldiers, our military, who are scattered around the world and they can't spend time with their family. Christmas is a difficult time of the year. And I believe that a lot of this comes down to is our sinfulness. We've made the season about something that it's not, many things that it's not. We've made it about gifts. So people are trying to get the best and biggest and best gifts for one another. And it's okay to exchange gifts. It's a wonderful thing and it's a joyous thing. But we made it too much of the focus. Make it about Christmas lights. Some people, their houses are beautifully decorated. Some people are not. And make it about the big feast. Some people have a big meal. Some people might not eat anything. We make it about the snow, which, you know, we're, I'm recording this service because we have a blizzard and we might actually, a very good chance we will have a white Christmas. But what if you live in Florida or someplace where you live in the southern hemisphere where it's not winter? We even make it about family, which family is a wondrous thing, a wonderful gift for God. For many people, there is, they don't have a family. Is Christmas not for them? No, that's not what Christmas is about. In every instance, it is a moment of idolatry. Even though these things in and of themselves are good and wonderful, the movies, the music, the, the lights, the snow, all of it that might be wonderful and beautiful and nice and nostalgic and heartwarming and those are all good but it's not at the core of what it's about it's not even about being nice and generous to people it kind of is a roundabout way but that's not at the heart of it the heart of it is this verse all flesh shall see the salvation of god you see we are sinners Everything I just went through, every issue that I went through, it, the root cause of all of those problems is sin. It's the reality that we live in a fallen and broken world, that we are shackled, bound to our sin. And we feel the fullness of its effects, the fullness of its damage. War is because of sin. Divorce is because of sin. Broken relationships, broken families, abusive families, drunkenness, um, greed, uh, pride, 
arrogance, whatever. All these things are all products of sin. Apathy. Our culture is so increasingly apathetic. And COVID-19 did not start it. it I think it's um, caused it to accelerate it. Accelerate, but it didn't cause it. I think about, you know, I've since I've become a pastor, I've been a pastor of two places, two towns. First, Ocheedon, which had a population of under 500. And then I moved to the big city of Ida Grove, where we have a population of about 2,000. So compared to Ocheedon, it's a bit of a big city. But one of the things I love about, what I've I loved about living in these towns is that when you drive around town and you see people, you pass by somebody, what do you do? You wave. If you if you don't know them, you just go, whoop. Like, you know, imagine this is a steering wheel. You're like, yo, just like that. If you do know them, be like, hey, what's up? <clears throat> but something I've noticed in the last year is that's starting to fade away. I'm amazed by how many people don't wave anymore in this town. How many people don't wave back. And high school students, I love you, but you never, almost never wave. And you think, what's the big deal on that? Well, the thing is, is it's kind of the weird thing about technology, whether we're talking about doing things electronically, which I say, I say this very ironically, realizing that I'm recording this service electronically on account of the blizzard outside. But whether it be social media, um, or even in a vehicle, we have become detached from one another. We've been become detached from those in our immediate presence. We could talk and say nasty things onto the internet because we don't see them. When we're driving in the car, we drive as if we're the only vehicle on the road and who cares about anyone else? I like that practice of waving at people for just because just for that little moment, you are for, you're forcing yourself to recognize that there's another human being in that vehicle. I wish it wasn't a small town thing. I wish people do that in the cities. Well, and I, I get why they don't, because you're driving down like Euclid in, in Des Moines and your car after car, you're like, you're going to be waving nonstop. Um, you're like, man, my arm is so tired from waving so much. But, and I get that. But if you're, if you're in the backside streets, even Des Moines, you have back streets where you only pass person every now and then. In fact, by the, by the way, on a fun note, when I go to Ankeny, I do try to wave when I'm on, I'm on the side streets. But because it is a moment you're recognizing that's a human being. Whether you know them or not, there's still someone that was created in the image of God. Someone who Jesus shed his blood on the cross and died for. For a moment, we take that moment just away. We acknowledge God's creation that is inside that vehicle. And it's no, to know it's more than just a hunk of metal running down the road. There's a human being in there. And I spring that up. I know that's a small thing, but that is the apathy in our culture. We have forgotten what this is all about. Advent, Christmas. It's about the fact that in the little town of Bethlehem, 
that that little child was born. That God fulfilled his promise. His promise to Adam and Eve. The, 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 of the offspring. The promise to Abraham. That all flesh shall be blessed by him. Through him. The promise to David. To Moses. And all through the Old Testament. God orchestrated and he fulfilled his promises. That he would bring salvation. And salvation was born that night. God in the flesh, born so that he may grow up to teach, preach, and eventually die on a cross. That's what he was born to do. He was born to die for the sins of the world, including you, including me. And by salvation, he died, and he, so that salvation was seen. So all salvation, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Simeon said when he greeted Jesus, the baby Jesus says, oh, Mine eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people. We have or Zacchaeus, the tax collector. It says of him that salvation entered into his house. So they had seen salvation in the person of the work of Jesus Christ. And especially they saw the risen Jesus who is salvation. 400 people saw him risen from the dead, conquering sin, death, and the devil. And you too hear salvation as the word is proclaimed to you in the scriptures. You hear the word, you hear salvation. You felt it when the waters of baptism were poured upon you. And the pastor says, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You had you have been clothed in salvation. When you receive the Lord's Supper, the very bread, the very wine, you taste, you touch, you see, you smell the salvation of God given to you in a way in a mysterious fashion. But as I go through the lament, the struggles of this year, the difficulty of this Christmas, which by the way, it's not just difficult for Christmas, it's difficult year round for so many. It's not just Christmas, it's year around. There are people that are hurting and aching. And so we as the children of God are called to serve. To bring the salvation of our God to others. That they may hear it. That they may receive it. That they may see the salvation of God. That's what we're called to do. Because a day will come that he will return. And sickness, death, brokenness, broken families, broken households, divorce, um, COVID, pandemics, shutdowns. All these things that we're doing, dealing with loneliness, isolation, war, famine, all of the homelessness, it will be all gone. That is the promise. That is what happened with what that child was born. That child in the manger was guaranteed of salvation for all who believe in him, all who receive him. Salvation that leads to his everlasting kingdom, which has no end. Till that day comes.
To him be all glory. And may we, may we turn from apathy to empathy. May we, our hearts of stone turn to be a heart like his who loves all flesh. That we may bring the salvation of God. That we may be a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you the one true faith, the life everlasting.